Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is uh, Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well on your Thursday evening. Uh, well, it's going to be a packed show uh, this week, the big match preview. Obviously, we'll look ahead to Fleetwood uh, very briefly at the end, if we can squeeze that in. Uh, but there's so much to talk about. The search for a manager uh, continues following the sacking of Dean Holden at the start of the week. Of course, we've got transfer deadline day to concern ourselves with uh, tomorrow as well. So plenty uh, to get our teeth into. Joining us uh, to speak about those two things, uh, plus much more. First up, top right, Nathan Miller. Hey, dear Nathan. Hello, mate. Yeah, living the dream, mate. Been eventful, hasn't it? Been eventful yeah, calm down a bit. From, calm down since <laughs> Sunday. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I, feel like I had a couple of people ask me if I was all right. To be fair, yeah, I, was, I think it was just a bit, I had a bit of a moment, you know, but um, get back into my usual way of thinking that if control the controllables, as Bo used to say. But yeah, listen, I'm, I stick by what I said, but yeah, I'm a lot calmer now. And um, obviously the banter train's still at full flow at the moment. So yeah, still enjoying the ride. Yeah, don't worry. I, I will rile you up again before the end of the show. Don't worry. I'll make it. I'll make. I'll make it my aim for the evening. Also, join us. Bottom of the screen there uh, is Tom Wallen. Hey, doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm all right. That banter train doesn't sound good when we haven't got a manager or any players. So, uh, hope somebody's in charge of it. But uh, yeah, apart from that, I'm all right. Yeah, standard week for a Charlton fan, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, as I said, we'll talk about the manager search. We'll talk about uh, transfer deadline day. Um, we've also got a guest, uh, Sam White from the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust, is going to join us later on in the show just to give us a bit of an update from their uh, views of, uh, on things uh, as we uh, will continue this uh, very interesting start to the tenure of uh, Charlie Mevins boys and the new uh, ownership. We're going to hear from uh, the Addicts interim manager, uh, Jason Pierce, uh, later on in the show. Obviously, it's uh, well great to see Pierce in the dugout for uh, one game only, we assume. Um, so we'll hear from Jason ahead of Saturday's game with Fleetwood. And like I said, we'll try and look ahead to the game with Fleetwood um, if we can later on in the show. Nathan, I don't even know where to start. Well, what we'll start with saying is actually hello to everyone who's joining us live on the uh, YouTube chat. There's loads of people in there already. I can see Ray and Paul, uh, Michael uh, up the top. David's uh, in there. Um, plenty more as well. Shiny Phil saying greetings. Um, we want to know what your views are on the names that have been linked with us. Uh, there's been a, a load of names that have been linked with us already. There's been a couple of names that have already turned us down. Potentially one more, judging by some reports earlier on uh, this evening. But we'll, we'll we'll see how that plays out over the course of the evening. So, yeah, get your views in on the on the chat. Uh, let us know who you would like to be the new Charlton manager. Uh, if you've got any ideas on what sort of players you'd like to sign on transfer deadline date as well, get involved. I think we've got some tweets and emails to come to as well later on in the show. Nathan, um, let's have a quick look at some of the runners and riders. Um, so we know we know already at the, at the start of the week that Pauli's turned it down uh, and uh, Darren Ferguson up at Peterborough doesn't want to come either. Um, but so we'll come on to those two in a bit. But some of the names out there, Dave Challoner, 
uh, at Stockport. Um, Michael Appleton uh, has been linked as well to Cowley Brothers, John Brady at Northampton. Um, what, what's your views on sort of some of the original names that have been linked with us? Um, I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, where we are as a club at the moment, we not, I don't, don't know who we're expecting to get. Um, in the you know in the sad state of affairs, but you know you have some good candidates in there, some with some pedigree in terms of getting out divisions like you know like you say Dave Challoner, Liam Richardson, uh, John Brady's obviously witnessed promotion with Northampton, so you've got some good managers in there. But I'm just still in the camp of we still don't have a squad to play with. So whoever you bring in, I mean, unless we're going to get some reinforcements tomorrow, I know Richard. Cooley said they're looking at some options for tomorrow or today or whenever. Um, so I think it's all going to pivot on that really, mate, to be honest, because without those players, it's going to need a miracle worker, in my opinion, to, to to turn the fortunes around and get us up that up the table, which I know Tom's sort of still fit realistically. I don't know if it's realistic or not, but hopefully for playoffs. And I think you've got to keep that aspect to try and keep your season alive. I mean, for God's sake, it's the 31st of August. Do you know what I mean? We, we lasted until, what, October last season until we was like, oh, no, it's done now. So we're only like three weeks into it. So, but I mean, in terms of the man, you've got some out there, but I, I don't really know, mate, to be honest. I mean, there's so many, so many names out there. You can never trust the bookies. I'll put 50 quid on me to be manager and then I'll become favourite probably. So I just, whenever it's on the official site and trusted channels, because you're going to have little murmurings everywhere. I mean, like you saying, there was... Dave Challoner was sealed apparently, and then apparently now he's not. He's turned it down. Um, one thing I would like to know is, which we're never going to know, is why people turn it down. I think we could all put two and two together and know. Yeah. I've got some info on on why I think Pally might have turned it down, which I'm. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm the first one to bring it up because it's sort of been murmured about on on the the the, shows, the, the forums as well. But I was under the impression he sort of looked at the. The squad and feels like you're set up to fail with that one. Um, so I mean, that's a damning indictment, really. If if Pally don't fancy it, because he's not he's not exactly working at the moment. He's just come out of two very good jobs, you know, obviously with England and with uh, with, with Spurs. But you know, I, I would love there to be a situation where someone like Pally or Bowie was ready to come back and rekindle our relationship. But if they don't think it's the right time, Tom, then, then obviously they don't, which which is. Uh, uh, an interesting way of looking at it. Um, uh, people are asking if the fact that, that Pally was offered interim plays a part in it. I, I, it may be it does, but like I say, I'm confident in what I said. The, the fact that Darren Ferguson didn't want to speak to us as well. I mean, I put on Twitter when that was announced. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Why would someone like Darren want to come to us? Because we, we're not massively overly attractive at this moment in time. Yeah, there, there's some players in the squad. Let's not get carried away. It's been a, it's been a poor start. There's some injured players out. There's some players we trust in this squad. But overall, obviously... There's a lot of wrongs to right at this stage, Tom. So I can see why for someone like Darren Ferguson at a club that will probably, I don't know, top top half at least, why we're not very attractive at this moment in time. And we would be attractive to someone at a team who's lower down the pyramid to us uh, or someone who's out of work because that's sort of how it works at the moment in time. Yeah. I uh to me the whole the whole strategy since Sunday. Well, the it smacks of not having a strategy, basically. And I know I wasn't on the the late night show that you guys did on, on Sunday night. But um, the whole thing is just completely bizarre to me. I, look, I'm not going to claim that Holden was doing a brilliant job. I think he's got tactical deficiencies that I think we've spoken about. And obviously losing four of your first five league games is not ideal when you're a team that expect 
certainly internally to push for promotion. But I feel like there were enough uh, caveats and enough reasons behind the poor start. I think actually we'd been, look, 80, what was it, 98th, 87th and 85th minute, we'd conceded goals. You've still conceded them, but stupid defensive errors and late goals had led to three of those defeats. Um, I just can't, I, I cannot understand the decision to sack him unless you have somebody lined up and ready to come in. And everything we've read this week is completely farcical because, like you say, they've basically looked at Charlton legends and gone, ah, oh, Chris Powell did it before, let's give him a ring. And he's gone, absolutely not. Lee Bowyer maybe has been approached and he's gone, no, nah, I'm fishing, so no, thank you. I'm not, not convinced Bowyer's been approached for what it's worth. Probably not. And then they're just basically working their way down League One and League Two like a like a sales company. They're just like, right, first number, ring, give them a ring. Do you fancy it? Absolutely not. Now they're getting to the bottom of League Two and even they're going, no, I'm, I'm happy down here, actually. But like, what's your budget? And they're like, oh, I've got about five quid, a couple of coins buying the sofa. And the, the managers are like, that'll do. No, I'll, I'll stay here, thanks. That's that's more. So the whole thing is just a complete shambles. People in the chat saying stuff like, I'm surprised you three haven't been asked. We might as well do it at the moment. The squad, <laughs> the, the squad is screwed. They're not bringing anybody in despite what they're saying. And any manager has got their hands tied behind their back unless they get three or four in between now and tomorrow night, they haven't got a hope. So the whole thing is is completely mental. And when you look at where we were five weeks ago, talking about football, talking about positivity, little Sam and Trouser Nevin was behind the scenes and he just brought these people in and that was it. Then he's turning up on away games, he's turning up at the Valley, and yet we're signing no one and they've sat the manager. The whole thing has been flipped on its head. And suddenly we're like, OK, this this positive new ownership that I think we were all behind largely, although we wanted to see see action. Well, the action we've seen is they've sacked a manager. They haven't hired a new one and the transfer window shuts in 24 hours. So I, I don't know where we go from here. I still think with players fit and with two or three more in, there is a there is the semblance of a squad there. And that's the bit that I do still think is there. But ultimately, without that, I just don't know where we go anymore. I just I, I just don't know. It's ridiculous. I'd, I'd say the most remarkable thing about about Nathan's performance on Sunday and Tom Tom just then is like so. Obviously, we're we're good mates, but also I, I you know I I don't tell you how to think about stuff or anything like that. But I, I felt at the start of the season, you two were probably out of all of us the most positive about how things were going to go, Tom and Nathan. I, I feel like I feel like that's been dismantled quite quickly. Nathan, is that is that a fair assumption? Paul, I'm mean, Glove, glove parts blaming me for positivity. I ain't got no. I, I wasn't massively positive at the start of the season, which is why I was surprised you two were. Yeah, I mean, I mean to be fair, um, naturally, I'm I'm always that sort of. I always try and put a positive spin on things. Anyway, annoyingly, even though I want to be a miserable git sometimes, but um, I think the main thing that stemmed from was the Marbella trip. I think it was a good. It was a good summer. We started, you know, the the window started really well. There was that connection back. I had a good time in my band. You know, a load of fans had a good time. And yeah, you had that positive vibe at the beginning of the season. And then I saw it mainly Pan. And, you know, when I saw Pan coming in, I was like, okay, here we go. Um, and yeah, like like I said on Sunday, I think there were deficiencies. And as Tom's just said, and everyone said, really, the deficiencies and things that Dean were doing. But the, the players have got to take the collective responsibility as well. You can't legislate for silly errors and repetitive errors all the time. You can't keep doing it. So I don't think we're that far away. It's just, 
I just think like with the um, you look at the depth. I mean, look at Nath. Nath's our only proper right back. I mean, oh, I suppose you've got Richard Chin there as well. But even he's a youngster. And I just think now's the time that they have a little bit of a not a breather, but some there's times where you take them out of the firing line. So I think Kerbishly, when Kerbishly used to bring youngsters in, it was in a good environment and a positive environment, not when it's toxic and you're losing game after game after game. It just shatters their confidence. So I just think, I don't think we're too far away. And the positive hasn't waned, you know, completely. I just think it's just a bit of a shambles how we've done it. Like I said the other day, like we've just got rid of someone with no plan. If you're going to do something that late in the window, like we've done, you should go, right, we, we've got Joe Bloggs, ready to come in, pointed the next day, you've got a week. Now you've got a manager ain't even here. You're trying to sign for players that we don't even know the man- this manager, whoever are going to get, is even going to like. So it doesn't surprise me that <clears throat> if people are sort of looking at a job going, poor, I might swerve that one, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, their head's going to be on the block anyway. And judging by anything, if they lose the next five games, they could be out. So it doesn't surprise me. So positive he hasn't gone. So there's plenty of more that came from Lou, but um, yeah, but uh, it's it's taken a little bit of a dent, but nothing too too spectacular. Even though I did lose my head a little bit on Sunday, I admit. <laughs> I think on, for Tom, me, Lou, like yeah, I think obviously in hindsight, the positivity at the moment doesn't look great. But there's part of me that's maybe delusional that's going, I can't accept our season's over after five games because otherwise, what's the point? So that I just can't accept that. Whether that's right or wrong, who knows. But also, you look at that first game, and I know the performance itself weren't that great, but Nave said we brought in some good players, which we did. Big crowd there, which doesn't happen very often. There was definitely, I said it after that that game, there was a feeling that something was different. I know people didn't like the little celebration at the end. I can't say I was a fan of it. But there seemed to be some sort of connection between club, players, manager, fans. That that was that was something that I recognised from the Bowyer side, from the Powell side, not to the same extent. But that feels like in the space of three weeks, that whole thing has gone. Because even at Peterborough, I know we lost, but we played okay in large parts. We had a few chances. Another day, that game could have gone the other way as well. And you could probably argue the other ones, but I'm not going to. I'm going to say after Peterborough, it, it does seem to have shifted. So I totally get why now it looks stupid. But I do think for that first couple of weeks and, and all of that pre-season that Nave spoke about, I do think there was some in there. And it just feels, I saw someone say in the chat, the Charlton fans have been mugged off. It does feel a little bit like that. And this manager sacking in particular leads me to think that because unless you're, as I said, unless you've planned to bring somebody in, that in itself just looks like a decision where now you're at the point where, okay, where does the season go from here? And they need to bring someone in quick and they need to they need to sort that side out. Because if they don't, three or four weeks time, I think we could all probably say the season's over unless we've got a couple of wins out of the next four games. Mm. A man like Mark saying that first half at Millwall was the high point back in pre-season. I weren't even there for that. I was on holiday. I, mean, I haven't seen any the high point of the season. I missed it. Um, let, let's try and recover and, and talk a little bit about the, the actual managerial search. Now, obviously, we're a really professionally run outfit now. That was that was the thing that was going to be promised. So sure enough, I've, I've got a message here from uh, someone uh, in, involved with the running of the club that's been sent to a fan and getting leaked all over the place because we're really professionally run these days. But it's, it's given a bit of an idea of a timeline um, of, uh, of how the, they see the process looking. Um, and they say uh, that the first short-lived interviews were today as in yesterday, remainder tomorrow as in today. And then they said they're going to narrow it down 
uh, do a due diligence, then longer interviews on Sunday to negotiate a package early next week. So uh, the new man can have 10 days ahead of the league game, the next league game. That's the plan uh, that I, I believe, but as Mike Tyson said about plans. So, yeah, so there's sort of a timeline out there, which did make me think when we saw some people claiming that, that Chaloner was the man who was going to have the job today. It didn't quite sit right. I feel, I feel like they will go through a process that they, they are in the process of. And now, like we say, so there's someone out there. Um, it's up to you how, how much you trust him and, and his stories and, and his, EF, his website that he runs. Uh, you know, it's not, it's, it's not a Richard Corley, let's say it that way, but he's, he's now saying, who said earlier that he was on the verge of signing for us and is now saying that he's turned us down. So uh, it's up to you whether you want to read too much into that. But uh, go through the, the the runners and riders. As I said, Chaloner, let's start with him. Knife, do you know a great deal? He's won, won promotions in non-league, uh, got Stockport up into the EFL and then missed out on the playoff uh, final last year, beat us. Uh, last year, which uh, is not that hard to be fair, um, but I mean, w- would he be one that incites your? If not necessarily him directly, would that type of manager, someone who's arguably on the up, but obviously hasn't done it anywhere near our level, is that more exciting than someone like a a Cowley or an Appleton who've been there and done it at our levels to varying like various degrees of success? Yeah, I mean, in terms of knowing Dave Chandler, I know he used to be a weapon on the old Championship manager if there's any of the older fans out there. We, if he comes in, maybe we get Cherno Samba in as assistant. That'd be blinding, that would be. But, um, but, I mean, in terms of managers, to be honest, mate, I'm not that bothered. I really ain't. I just I just want to win games and get out of this league. Um, whether we have Chaloner or Appleton, I know it's not going to be a given whoever we get, but I just want to win games of football, ultimately. when Back when Ghana came in, I was on board with, you know, the whole project and trying to, play a certain way that went down like a something sandwich so then and we've moved on to other things now so I just want to win games mate someone who's proven of promotions and Dave Challenge be fair to him yeah it might have been at lower sort of opposition or lower leagues but at the end of the day winning mentality is something that's really key um probably need someone a bit of a motivator someone who's quite organized but again there's so many so many different things that it's a massive wish list, and I mean, we'll probably get into all sort of pet territory, but I know that's not happening. <laughs> but I think, yeah, for me, mate, it's just someone who's going to come in, try you know, win games of football and try and bring that stability back, which I thought Dean was going to do, to be fair, with the whole stability stuff. But obviously, things change, and that's not hitting, he's not here anymore. So I don't really know, mate, to be honest, I don't really have a, a top three or anything like that, just someone who's got experience in promoting from leagues would be my mm. yeah I mean another name out there John Brady then at Northampton again probably you know without knowing a great deal about these managers if you turn in terms of looking at lower league managers who got promotion you can look at him as well um Tom so obviously I, I don't know if you if you would prefer someone who's like that or or I don't know Michael Appleton the uh George Ellick at the not the top 20 who is an Oxford United fan said he's considered one of the best managers that Oxford have had but is he still is he still the man for us? You know, because you can look at a lot of managers like, you know, the Cowleys really struggled at Portsmouth, but obviously had a great time with Lincoln when they were in non-league. Where, where, what sort of profile are you are you hoping for? Does it not matter? Because we, we, we'd all want a big manager. We all want like a big name, but we're not that club currently. And it, it takes a lot of getting used to and it's frustrating, but we're not. So it, in terms of a realistic acquisition, what time yeah. are you hoping for? 
And I think ultimately it doesn't matter at the moment because it seems any manager has their hands tied behind their back and any manager doesn't get enough time. And that you go back, uh, I think I said it when we were all kind of having our little Sunday night meltdown, the, the one manager who's got promotion in the last however long is Lee Bowyer and he was given more than a season. Everybody else is given not enough transfer windows, not enough time. And as soon as things go a little bit wrong, they go. So we can all see what's going to happen, right? I, I don't think it matters who you bring in now. They'll get till next summer. If they're lucky, they'll get next summer's window, but start next season badly, which happens. And then they're gone. And then the cycle starts again. It's the same thing that happened to to the Bengana as well. So I, I don't think it matters. I think, look, like people are saying in the chat, someone like a Darren Moore, someone like a Mark Bonner, who I know struggled at Cambridge last year, but was coming with a good reputation, I think would be great. Are we going to get them? I don't know. Cowley's, okay, uh, struggled at Portsmouth. Their names, out of the whole list, their names that I would be okay with, I think, I think I said it in our group chat, I think they're quite tactically astute from the press conferences I've heard from them and what I've seen them do. And obviously one of Dean's big problems was was the ta maybe tactical naivety or tactical deficiencies. So maybe that would help. I think ultimately we need a slightly bigger squad. We need our players fit. And then we need a manager who's given time because at the moment, what we're now doing when the next manager comes in is all we're doing is adding Dean Holden players to that long list of players of ex-managers alongside Bengana players and Adkins players and Boya players. Although it's probably none of them now, but there's just a list. And now we're going to have Holden players that a new manager's got to deal with. And you need two free transfer windows to create your own side. And no manager at Charlton is getting that at the moment. And that's why we're stuck here. So ultimately, unless somebody comes in with that assurance that they're going to get given time, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Or we might get lucky one year. That's the other thing. You might get a bit of luck. But in terms of long-term stability, that whole point is it needs long-term. And who knows what would have happened with, let's take Ben Garner as an example, or Adine Holden. If you say it last summer, it might take two years, but we're sticking with it. And Ben Garner sticks all through last year and has an OK season. We finish mid-table, which we did anyway. Then you give him another summer to bring in more players. He stands half a chance. But if you're going to give him eight, ten weeks of the season and then bin him off and then do the same thing again this year, I, I just don't, I know managers don't stay for 10 years like they used to, but you need something. You need a bit of time. You just can't expect to turn it around overnight. And whoever we pick, I just think they're going to struggle already. But yeah, Cowleys are okay. I think somebody like a Darren Moore would be probably the top of the, the pipe dreams that are perhaps realistic, but I think right at the top end of realism there. But any other names that you're talking about here, I can't even claim to know much about them really, which might be more down to me than them, but yeah, I just think it's going to be tough for whoever comes in. Yeah, I mean, they don't know nothing about you either, Tom, so don't worry too much about it. Uh, Bill's saying, uh, by what Tom is saying, why on earth did we sack Dino? He's he's as good as, uh, if not better than most you've mentioned, but he doesn't have that promotion on, on his uh, CV, like a couple of those, uh, like you, John Brady's, uh, etc., uh, and your Dave Challoners. Um, someone said uh, earlier up in the chat that it was Dean's tactics that got him sacked on you know on that last game which wasn't great and it's interesting that Tom speaks about Dean Holden players because I guess you know and and it, the, the the language used again on the club website is all about a search for a head coach and not a manager and obviously we've got Andy Scott as a technical director effectively a director of football style setup that we've got now um you know organizational chart will have Andy Scott making these decisions ahead of a manager and or a head coach that he gives almost these players to to go and sort out so 
there, there will be that element who's happy to come in and perhaps not have as much say on, on transfers, which again, as a head coach or manager is harsh, Nathan, because then you're the one who is, uh, whose head is on the block when, when, when things go wrong. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that, that I don't know, I'd, if I was a manager, I'd, I wouldn't want to be working in an environment where I have a set of players and I can go, well, I want to play this way. And then someone else finds those players and picks those players I get. And like you say, ten in 10 games times, I get the the tic-tac if, if I don't pull the results out. It just seems a bit, I don't know, it just seems a bit unfair. But I think a lot that's the way this is going now with in terms of structures of football clubs nowadays where you have this recruitment team and coaches are there to coach. I don't think you get the old school managers like in a Harry Redknapp really where he was just a man manager. He didn't do a lot of coaching. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's finding that right player, it, player, finding that right manager who's willing to work in that environment. And I think, yeah, I don't think you're going to have too many who's going to, have, who's going to be happy with that, especially now. They've got to have, they're literally going to be appointed after the windows close. So they're going to go, well, this is what you've got until January. Work with it. It's like, it's quite a harsh sort of reality for them, really. And, it's, and especially if they're in a job at the moment, do they want to take that risk? Do they want to take that jump where they're probably comfortable now? Um, so, yeah, I think it's just, just tra- attracting the right person who's going to be able to work under those constraints. And I suppose proof is going to be in the pudding, really, in terms of who that's going to be, whether that's going to be a younger coach or if it's going to be a, a more experienced coach or are we just going to get another stopgap or is it going to be Piercy again and Piercy, you know, does well? Who knows? But I think it's going to be interesting to see which manager's really happy to work up, work that way. Mm. I mean, Andy's uh, put in the chat, was Holden sacked due to poor results or was it due to falling out, uh, considering there was no plan uh, to bring in someone straight away? Um, someone else um, m- mentioned earlier about um, about Andy Scott. Um, I mean, all hell will let loose. is saying, can we sack him? He's terrible. Bring back uh, Steve Gallen. Steve Jones uh, is saying they're not Dean's players. They were Andy Scott's. He's totally out of his depth. Um, you know, again, I've mentioned it the last couple of shows. There was clearly a, a change in language used when I spoke to Dean about transfers. There was a lot of palming it off to, to Andy's team. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm convinced that Dean won't have been happy with his squad. You know, I spoke, I spoke to someone at the start of the week as well, actually, that, I don't know, hint, hinted that Andy Scott's role is probably to, to go in and be a bit of a disruptor. You know, things ain't been going well. That's That's the problem. So you go in and then maybe you... You get a reputation with some people that, that you're hard to hard to work under, but then maybe that's what we need. But obviously, you can only be that disruptor and and that you know upsetting the apple cart, Tom. As long as you produce a really lovely bunch of apples to to follow. Yeah, and and what's frustrating for me, and again maybe I was naive, but I thought we were starting to do that. I thought the the four or five players that we'd brought in complemented what was already here. And I thought we were starting to mould an okay squad, um, which is why I go back to why I was so so positive ahead of the season starting and even for those first couple of weeks. But the the Leeburn injury happened right at the start of pre-season and we've maybe just replaced that with, with Campbell coming in. Maybe not because it's not quite the same position. So we still haven't really. And I know that Rich was saying today that we're still looking for another striker. How long ago was Welling? Like two months, something like that? Ridiculous. How can you have two months in the window and still be scrapping around for somebody? So I think that's an issue. I think the defence, you look at the players that we re-signed after last year and all of that, and I think, I just don't think you can 
say anything about Dean or about the players other than their stupid errors that have cost us those goals. Uh, and the midfield looks okay on the whole. Again, a couple of injuries there, but it's got the makings of an okay squad, but it, they just haven't haven't followed through on it. They've, they've kind of got halfway and gone, well, that'll do, that'll do. Let's see how he gets on. And then when he doesn't quite get on enough, rather than going, okay, we've tried to do this on a budget. We've seen, actually, you clearly do need more. So here's some more players. They've chosen to bin him off instead. And so then they've got to start the whole thing again. And as Nave says, with a new manager, and it's like, well, who's going to want to come in? I think the thing you've said before, Luke, because sadly we've done this about eight times since I've been on the pod, is there's always a manager that's willing, right? There's always somebody out of work who's willing to take a chance. So there will be somebody out there that's happy to do it because it's a payday and it's a job. It's just whether they are actually going to make a difference to us. And and in the meantime, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad Pearcey gets an opportunity uh, and to see what he can do because he's somebody that we know fans are going to get behind. But ultimately, just like all the others, he's going to have his hands tied behind his back. So I feel like we've said this a couple of times already this season, but Fleetwood have lost a lot of games already. This is a suddenly a huge game, but it feels like one at home that we should... Well, certainly three weeks ago, you'd be going into this game going, well, we should win this game. And suddenly we're probably all going there a little bit nervous. And as far as I can tell, the only fault there really is with the ownership. Mm, excellent stuff. Right, we're still going to hear from Jason Pierce later on in the show. We're still going to touch on uh, transfer deadline day, which of course is tomorrow. Uh, the couple of names have been floating about, which I'm, I'm sure you've all heard, which we'll come to later. But um, Sam White uh, from the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust has been waiting patiently uh, since before the show even started in our waiting room. So we're going to bring him on now. Um, good evening, Sam. How are you? Hello, guys. How are we going on? Yeah, not 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 well. Been better, if we're being honest, <laughs> but um, probably not not because of Charlton. <laughs> um, uh, Sam, uh, give it give us uh, the Supporters Trust views on on what's been going on over the last uh, the last forty eight hours or so. I'd like to say that we've had communication from the club about it, but we haven't. We uh, we approached James Rodwell uh, the evening that Dean Holden got sacked. Haven't heard anything back. Um, we thought, or we, um, I feel like we, we we do believe we've got a good relationship with uh, with James Rodwell. Um, he's very open with us. Um, but as I say, we haven't heard anything back. Um, but we have heard from the club that obviously he's very busy with with transfers presumably and and the uh, managerial hunt um but we like i say nothing from from them in terms of the trust obviously we want what every fan wants we want stability we want a, a team that's performing on the pitch and getting the results neither of those things are happening are they mm. um i mean is it obviously i've never been involved with a supporters trust before so i mean is it usual for the, the, the clubs to be this sort of closed off at a time like this, I, I guess, from, from Supporters Trust? To be honest, I've, I've, I've been on the, the board for a year. It hasn't been a great year because obviously Thomas Sangard uh, ignored us for quite some time. Um, Peter Story obviously was was quite open with us, which was nice. Uh, but with every, every ownership, we want to have a relationship. We're open, we want it, um, and we want to, you know, represent the fans and, and have that. Whether it's usual or not, that's not the uh, that's not the sounds coming out of the of the club. But obviously, as you say, there's there's things going on. Maybe after the transfer window and a manager has been appointed, that they might might give us an email or a or a text. Mm, yeah, because I guess uh, as a supporters trust, um, 
if you can't maintain that sort of contact, then then you can't really represent the fans. And and obviously, I mean, I know well, people will question the supporters' trust about quite a few things, but certainly um, you do represent a lot of fans. So you, you you do need. I mean, it is it is an important thing for the club to to at least engage with. Absolutely, you know, it's it's nice to have an ownership coming in and not promise Europe in five years. And I suppose at the time they come in and, and they, they were, I suppose, downplaying things. But obviously as a fan, you thinking that you've got money now, let's go and let's go and spend it. That hasn't happened. Whether we've got money or not, I don't know. Um, but hopefully, like I say, we'll, we'll have something in our ring box soon. Mm. Um, I saw the the piece on the trust website at the start of the week about about Dean Holden sacking, and obviously it's up to individual fans to decide if they think the decision was the right one. And I know there's probably three different opinions amongst the three of us from Charlton Live on the show this evening about whether Dean should have gone. Um, but the 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 fact that we have become that club, <laughs> and and it's not just the current ownership. Obviously, we've been that club for a while now, but we're certainly not the club we were back in the days when I first started going. When I the the same bloke was in charge for the first 15 years or so that I supported Cholton, and now we've had 20-odd since then. Yeah. Like I say, stability, isn't it? We, you, every fan wants stability and results. I think the thing, I think you touched on it earlier, Kerbishly, yeah, got the results, but, pe- you know, people stuck by him. Same for Chrissy Powell. I think he came in the first five games, I think they won or they did quite well, and then it tailed off stability kept him in place and then the next season one promotion was that going to be the case with Dean Holden Ben Garner not too sure but surely that's got to be the case with with whoever comes in it's not their squad surely they've got to get to at least February and give them a, a, a go at a transfer window having said that he's a manager even picking the the, the players that are coming in as, as you guys said with Andy Scott Hmm. that's interesting that's i mean just finally then so the, the supporters trust what is it that you sort of hope for in, in the next few days in terms of in terms of your relationship with with the ownership like i say you know as as a as a board and as a trust we we want that relationship with the club it sounds as if there there is going to be one but as and when we get that that reply obviously we can take it forward at some point the fan-led review hopefully will demand shadow boards for clubs. So hopefully we'll be on that. So therefore a bit more of a relationship. Um, but at the end of the day, we are fans and we just want that, that result, that stability. It feels a little bit like last last chance saloon in terms of this season. If we get it wrong now. You, you might as well call off the, off the, the promotion party as it were. Um, but for the board, as I say, stability, it's, you know, we want to focus on the football. Is that going to happen this season? I'm not sure. Mm, well, uh, fingers crossed that'll be the case. And ho- hopefully everything will be sorted in the next few days. But Must like be. we say, we no one really knows what's going to happen. And, uh, well, we can all guess, can't we? All right, Sam White from uh, the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust. Thanks for joining us on uh, Charlton Live uh, this evening. There we go. That's Sam White. We're going to have a break now. Uh, when we come back, there's still uh, transfers to talk about. We've got a few more messages. And, of course, we're going to hear from the interim boss, Jason Pitt. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured 
and experience. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk. Hello, fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six Pub of the Year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Chomp fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big uh, match preview there, although we haven't previewed any big matches uh, yet so far. We are going to talk about the Fleetwood game uh, later on in the show. I'm, I'm going to bring up Luke's comment. Did Louis start the uh, Charlton Live YouTube channel just to show off all these retro shirts? I'm wearing this green and white stripey number today. It is a bit of a beauty, in it? But I, I, I sort of run out because I have to wear a new one every week. So if anyone's got any retro shirts they want to send my way, feel free uh, to do so. We just heard from Sam White uh, from, from Cast. Um, I don't know, sounded a bit frustrated, perhaps. I, I, I don't know if I was actually expecting that, but he certainly sounded slightly frustrated with, um, I, I don't know, what, what they see as a, a bit of a lack of, of communication at this moment in time. And obviously communication with fan groups, you know, whether it be cast or, or other people is, is important, Nathan. And that'll be something that I hope um, that the ownership will sort of grow into. Um, but we need uh, we need to talk about transfers. Now, um, I, not massively in the know on anything, uh, but I was... Uh, I did ask the question if there's likely to be anything during the show, just in case, and it seems unlikely. So don't don't be holding your breath for the next 23 minutes. Um, I, there'll definitely be, have to be something tomorrow, surely. Otherwise, we'll be in a bit of trouble here, Nath. But I mean, we linked with a couple of strikers. Um, the one I don't know that seems more likely was Slobodan Tedic on loan from Man City, who was with um, Barnsley last season. You got a view on on the big man? I don't. Can't say I know a great deal about him. He scored, uh, scored, I think, three or four for Barnsley. Yeah, no, I've not really seen him, to be honest. Um, obviously, I knew he was at Barnsley. Who's the other one? Keon, isn't it? Um, Atleti, I think, was the other one I yeah. saw. But, yeah, the Cardiff guy. He played, didn't he play with Alfie? Or have I just made that up, that Keon Atleti at Cheltenham? Yeah, when he was on loan at Cheltenham, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a position that we need. I still, I think, did Rich did Rich say a, a right back, centre back, and a striker? Is that what he said? Yeah, so yeah, Richard yeah. Corley has said that we're looking at right back, centre back, and striker. So the striker at yeah. this moment in time would assume be that Tedich, but obviously things can change quite quickly. Um, mm. Right back, well, Darbo was previously in the building. I'm not convinced he was in the building today. Um, so whether anything will come of that now seems. Um, Unlikely, I'd suggest. Um, centre back. So centre back's an interesting one, Tom. So I said 
uh, at some point last week. Like, or, or I've said it for the, throughout the week. I'm not, I'm, I wasn't convinced we were going to try and sign a centre half because we've got quite a lot of them. Um, but I think performances uh, so far this season suggest we might need better ones. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if you'd said it before Oxford because obviously there was a run out for Deji there. Um, and I think we were all kind of saying, look, if Deji and, and Zach are still around, then they'll presumably fill in. But if they go out on loan, maybe we bring somebody else in. But maybe that was Deji's audition. Or maybe it was Dean just kind of giving one back to the board and picking a, a weird squad, which I know you guys talked about on Sunday morning. But I think I've been, I think Lloyd Jones looks okay. I'm not sure he's fully fit yet still, but I think he looks all right. I think Terrell Thomas, again, in those first few games, looked okay. I'm not going to say he was brilliant, but he looked okay. And Ness, full of potential, but again, potential comes with with risks. I think the only one that's really looked immediately out of his depth, annoyingly, is Michael Hector. And he's the one you'd expect the most experience from. But I think he's the only one when he's been at the back there that I've thought, as a as an individual, this is, this is an issue. So... I was talking very briefly on last Thursday's show and I wasn't saying I was calling for Eisted to come in, but maybe there would be a change of goalkeeper and maybe that would make a difference. He came in, we still lost. <laughs> for me, it's about... it's about, And I think you even referenced things I said on... I don't know if it was the, the emergency pod or Sunday show about that consistency. I think we've had... I don't know if we've had the same four or five every single... Uh, at any point. I think every single game it's been different. I can't think of the same playing at any point. So... Uh, for me, that speaks for itself. If you're not going to have a consistent formation and a consistent back line, you're going to struggle. I wouldn't be averse to somebody else coming in if it's a decent player, but I also think that probably Mitchell and Elaware would be okay if they're just coming into a settled defence in, in on occasion that they need to. But we saw what we saw: Ness, Thomas, and yeah, Jones to start with. Then we saw Hector come in. Then we saw us go to a four. Then we've seen Elaware come in, we've chopped and changed. We had, obviously, Corey at left-back instead of Eden last time. So it's been all kinds of over the place. And I just don't think one individual, whoever they are, can come in and make a difference to that. So, yeah, I wouldn't be averse to us bringing one in. But I think unless you're going to settle that back four, and, and hopefully Piercy knows better than anybody else the importance of that, maybe that's something he can start to introduce and just go, do you know what, we're sticking with this rather than chopping and changing every five minutes. Yeah, and Alex is saying, I think a left-footed centre-back is the one we need and we don't have. For me, there's a young left-footed centre-half at Liverpool uh, called Billy Kimiko, who would be a great option. can't say I know a great deal uh, about him. Uh, Massey put on uh, on uh, the chat that uh, we're linked with a right-back who left MK. I think Tenai Watson was a name that someone put on the forum earlier. Again, I've, I've not really looked into that at all, so I have no idea, but that's one name that popped up uh, after the apparent um, Darbo not... not, not potentially being at training today or not not being around the place. Um, so, I mean, if we get three tomorrow, Nath, is that enough? Uh, I, I feel like, I mean, Spam saying we need seven. I, I feel like the, the start to the season, and there are injuries to come back, but it's been so concerning that I feel like we could, I don't know, if we if we could get seven, I'd be very happy. I'll put it that way. I, I, obviously, that's not going to happen, but is three going to be enough to turn us around when when signings, when, when the injuries come back as well? Or are we too far off here? It has too much gone wrong already for us to recover with just a few fresh bodies. Yeah, I think... I don't know, I'd say, in an ideal world, I'd say four. Um, just what Rich has like said about right-backs to centre-forward, but I still like someone to um, 
to cover Fraser a little bit. Someone because obviously Payno's gone out and he wasn't going to replace uh, Fraser when he was out uh, injured. I don't think seven we can all dream, but I think I just can't see it happening. Just because I know we've got we don't want to stunt the you know what I was saying on Sunday stunt the growth of of a Simway and. And uh, Kawhi. So I think midfield, I think we're pretty well stacked apart from that number 10. I know Chem can play there, but I just think we just need a couple more options. So I'm I'm praying that we get three in at minimum, because I think if we don't, we're going to struggle because you look at the, our history of injuries, which is insane. Plus, you've got a lot of games come Christmas and, and you can tell now with a, a good four or five players out, you can tell that we're short. So mm. we definitely need those three or four in absolute minimum in my opinion anyway yeah love life to the fool says just signing this on for the sake of it uh is a mistake and, that, and that's of course i mean obviously we're, we're talking about bodies that would in, improve us and that's what we're hoping the free will do but again we don't know exactly how that's uh going to land we get the same comment as we do every transfer window since he left but um scott saying how about getting lyle taylor back um 76 rufus saying lyle taylor at this stage of the window i take his nan <laughs> uh, well, i don't know if she's up for it uh, at all um, Luke reckons that the midfield's the only area that we don't need to strengthen. We're well stacked in that area. Um, should mention, seeing Jack Payne go out on loan to Milton Keynes, um, nearly forgot that. But he, I mean, uh, uh, don't I mean, think about it and, and obviously try and settle yourself, Tom. But have, have you have you come to terms with that? It's tough, very very tough. I think um, I you think try, it's like he, he we've had some shirkers in this side. <laughs> which I will say last year, and he wasn't one of them, to be fair to him. He tried. No. He just was no. a bit ineffective. Yeah, and I thought the same away at Peterborough. He started, didn't he? A bit um, obviously out of position because we'd had injuries already. And I, I thought he look, he worked his socks off, just just hasn't quite clicked, does it? Um, but I think the, the signings that people are talking about kind of link to, to him going out, right? You don't want to bring in just anybody for the sake of it. And you we're at that difficult stage where we possibly need to clear players out to bring people in. But if you clear players out and you don't get anybody in, then would it have been better to still have pain here? Probably yes, because at least he can fill us, fill a, a spot as opposed to having to play one of us free. So yeah, I wish him all the best there. Um, I, I hope it means we can get somebody in tomorrow. Of course, I think the same with, with Kirk and McGrandles as well. Um, whether deals can be done for them. Uh, Cause again, um, going back to your Shirkers point, I just, they just haven't haven't really clicked, have they? So, yeah, I um, I would look. I don't think I've ever wanted seen a player come into Charlton. Wanted them to fail, so of course I wanted Payne to do well. It, it just hasn't worked out, sadly. But um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? It, it, it hopefully just frees up a spot to, for one of those players people have mentioned. But as I say, whoever that comment was, I've just lost it now in the chat. But you just don't want to bring players in for the sake of it. So they need to be people that we think can make a difference to this side. Mm, yeah, uh, Phil said on Twitter. Uh, or X, whatever it's called now. The news that the Stockport managers turned us down means we're starting to become a laughing stock. Uh, why have they not contacted Boyer? Are they scared that he'll reveal what they're really all about? Uh, and he says uh, they uh, he considers them chances. Um, again, it's unconfirmed reports that, that Challenge has turned us down. Um, you know, I need a Richard Corley to tell me that before I really sort of take that um, into account. Alan Shepard says, at least we can't lose next week, obviously, when we're up at Wigan. But I've already lost because I stupidly didn't check when the game, the international break was, and I bought my train tickets. So uh, there we go. Right. Um, shall we turn our attention uh, to Saturday? We've still got loads of chat and, uh, and whatnot to come to, but I think we should hear from uh, the Addicts interim boss, Jason Pierce, the former skipper uh, of the club. 
He's taking charge against Fleetwood on Saturday. He spoke to Terry earlier on today. Jason, firstly, uh, congratulations on the uh, interim manager appointment. But, uh, of course, it comes at a difficult time. Very difficult for the last few weeks for the club. Five defeats on a spin, which um, is a very similar story to when you took over with Anthony Hayes the last time around. Uh, do you think that experience will benefit you going forward? I think it's always it's always, it's always tough. I think um, it's not nice for, for just to watch from afar and seeing us lose five games in a row. But I think it's in the manner we lost the games. I think it's been real fine margins. So I think from a performance point of view, it's been um, we've been touch and go in, in certain games and losing by the odd goal. So I don't think there's drastic changes needed. But um, hopefully we can sort of get the lads together, um, get a little bit of belief in them, positivity, and, and hopefully we can sort of try and get a positive spin on on Saturday and get a result. You've said about those five defeats, and, and you're right, they've come, uh, even though we have played well at times, but they've come from defensive frailties at times. Uh, the fans looking on will uh, will know your experience and know uh, what you brought to the team uh, while you were player and captain. Um, are you hoping to turn that around to, to, to stop those defensive frailties, albeit at fairly short notice? Yeah, no, I think we'd, we've done a little bit of work today um, on, on us. Um, out of possession and what it's going to look like. So hopefully there's there's a bit of clarity there for the players um, and what I'd like sort of to implement. Um, so yeah, I mean obviously you can't help sometimes them defensive frailties or in terms of individual errors. Um, but I think as long as you learn from them, um, then then that's the main thing. Obviously that I was a player and I, I made loads of mistakes. And um, as long as you learn from them quickly, I think that's the most important thing. And as, as I think as us as coaches. Um, now that's, that's for us to try and help the players and then obviously them implement that on the pitch and make the right decisions at the right time. We've got the other complication, of course, that uh, we're in just coming towards the end of the transfer window. Uh, so players, some have already gone uh, and some will come and go uh, before the next, well, over the next few days. Um, is that a, a worry for you? Not for me, no, not for me. I think, uh, obviously, like I said, I've, I've been a player, I know what it's like. Um, there's always talk and... It can be downs, can be positives, can be negatives. Um, but but ultimately, as a coach, we've got to try and get the best out of the players and make sure they've got the right mindset. And I think that's my job now, as well as Anthony Hayes, is to make sure they've got the right mindset going into the game. Obviously, the game will be Saturday when the transfer window cl is closed, so we'll know exactly who we've got, what we've got. Um, we'll just make sure that, that the boys are, are on it um, and give their all for the club, and that's the most important thing. The squad itself has had its uh, share of length of injuries. Uh, it was great that we welcome back Therese on Saturday, is there a possibility there might be a few additional returnees? Uh, we hope so. Obviously, it's, it's early days for the lads that are, that are obviously coming back in. Um, it'd be uh, it'd be tough, I think, for the players coming back to start the game. But we hope they'll they'll have some sort of um, integration into the team at some point in the game. So hopefully that will be have a positive impact, um, even being able to name some players on the bench. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see where we're at um, once the transfer window is closed. We come to the end of training on Friday because, like you know, anything can happen in training as well. So yeah, no, we'll just um, try and stay positive with it. Preparing for Fleetwood uh, at the Valley on Saturday, we're also on on a run of uh, five straight defeats. So despite opposition, there will be an expectancy that we should uh, get a positive result. But I'm guessing you won't be uh, you won't be thinking it's going to be that simple. I think there should be an expectancy on, on, on any game at home at the Valley uh, in League One. And that's, that's sort of been the message uh, to the boys this week, really. We, we, we've got to expect more. Um, we need to be winning our home games. Um, not expectant on it, but I just think if we get the right performance um, and attitude and mentality um, and take the game to them, then, then that's where things will turn around and, and turn things into our favour. So... 
yeah, obviously we want to win. It doesn't really matter who comes. We we want to expect that we win, win, win our home games. You'll join an exclusive group, um, player, captain, manager, um, even an interim one, of course. Um, proud moment, especially at the Valley. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm 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 delighted personally. It's not about me, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a nice moment for for myself and and the family to to sort of play for the club, uh, captain the club, um, and then obviously lead the lads out as, as, as a coach, as a manager. Um, but I don't want anything to be about me um, at all. You know, I just want all I want to do is go out there and obviously this week just try and prepare the lads um, to get a real positive performance and, and get three points, um, which hopefully will kick-start the season um, and start moving in the right direction. Finally, for me, I know you said it's not about you, but fans will know what uh, to expect from you as or knew what to expect from you as a player. Can we expect uh, a Jason Pearce-style performance from, from the boys on Saturday? Yeah, well, I hope so. Um, that's that's sort of something I've been driving this 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 week, and um, I, I, the lads know like the first the first speech I've done with the lads was sort of telling them the non-negotiables I I have and expect as, as a person, um, and I did say that obviously I'd like that from from the team, um, so they so they know that, um, and you know I've I've said I need 100% from everybody, and if people aren't going to give that, then they won't play. Um, so that's that's the minimum expectation, but no, I, and also on, on as well, I know what the fans expect and what the club is about. So I've sort of made that clear as well. And, and yeah, listen, we, we, I hope that we can implement what what, what we know we, we expect from as a Charlton Athletic team, and and, and let's hope we uh, get a positive result. There we go, that's Jason Pearce uh, looking ahead to Saturday's home game with Fleetwood. The Addicts uh, interim boss, Lucas, saying we should have Mendes uh, for manager. At least his sarcasm in post-match interviews will cheer us up after he loses uh, 20 on the spin, which is not only is a damning indictment of what he thinks my managerial ability is, but it's also wrong. Because I remember when Nigel Adkins was doing all these morning walk videos and everyone really liked him at first. I remember saying to someone, you won't like those after five defeats on the spin. Hoping we'd never find out, but we found out really quickly. So yeah, you wouldn't like my sarcasm. Um, yeah, I'm re- I'm excited to see a PSC team. You know, it's, it's very little time to work with the side, I guess, Tom, although obviously Jacko turned a team that got beaten at home to Accrington into one that could go up and, and beat Sunderland in the space of basically an afternoon. So Hopefully he can like hammer some organisation at the back into them, which is you know he was an organiser uh, in in his defensive days. He had his his moments, uh, mostly when he was playing alongside Deji Osolaja, and I know who I'm blaming there. But um, yeah, well, it, nice to see nice to see Piercy there. He's he's got his work cut out for Saturday because we can't we we no matter who's in charge, we can't lose this game because we are we. we uh, I keep flitting between whether we're in crisis or not, and and I don't think no, I think we are. But we might not be, but we certainly will be if we lose on Saturday. Yeah, the thing is, I, I don't feel like we are, despite the four losses, I don't feel like we are on the pitch. I feel like there, there's been some stupid errors. But but we have, we have another... like individual crises quite yeah. often during games. Yeah, little, little individual breakdowns. But if we were to win on Saturday, there's pro- you're still looking and it's a poor start to the season. But it's still recoverable at this point. It is still recoverable. I know I put out a tweet just before the show and said, I still think we'll make playoffs. Maybe I'm being a little over-optimistic there, but I still think there's there's the core of a good side in there. And like Piercy said there, we just need to kickstart the season. So that's the positive. I saw a couple of people in the chat say they don't want him as manager because they don't want him to ruin his legacy, and I totally get that. I don't think that's going to happen just from the interim position, but maybe long-term. And plus with Jacko, I don't think it ever ruined his legacy because, again, he just got kicked out a day after Sangard had told him he was looking forward to the summer with him. So 
that was a, another of those those good days to be a Charlton fan. But um, yeah, I think look, he's going to get the crowd fired up. He's going to have everybody behind him. He, the, he's not going to let the players get away with anything. I'm not sure Holden did either, but there we go. Um, and you've just got to hope that we can, for 90 minutes, we can just stop making stupid errors. Because, as I say, you look at the players and you look at whatever 11 we put out on uh, on Saturday, it should be 11 capable of beating this Fleetwood side. That That's the truth of it. That's not me being an optimistic Charlton fan. That's facts based on the players we've got. It doesn't mean we will. It means they are good enough to do it. So, yeah, I, I hope that happens. Uh, if we do win, it doesn't mean we can go away and go, right, season sorted now. But it's a it's a building block. It's a kickstart, as, as Jay said there, and maybe maybe this season is then recoverable from there. But yeah, we just can't read too much into this one game if we win it. I think if we lose it, we probably are going to read a lot more into it because you look at losing like a, a tour team like Fleetwood at the moment in the state they're in and you think, okay, now we're in a bit of trouble. So uh, yeah, you shouldn't have to say this six games into the season, but it's a massive, massive game. Mm, yeah. Um, a couple of people saying you'd, like if Piercy gets a couple of wins in a row, will he go for it? Um, he, you know, I mean, I, I, I jumped on the presser earlier, and it went on a bit longer than, than the clip we showed you there. But Jason was talking very much like he expects a manager to be appointed at some point. Uh, he knew they were doing interviews, but at no point did he say, you know, this is my time. And I think obviously he's not naive; he knows that he's still learning the ropes there, Nath. Um So, I mean, people are asking what sort of side do we think he'll put out? I mean, one one of the the, the main questions will be, well, what does he swap out of of Dean's last team at Oxford? Obviously, the the choice of of defenders took uh, took a lot of people's attention on on Saturday. He went for he went for youth over experience. Obviously, experience has had enough problems itself this season. Like Hex had 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 a mistake in him. Unfortunately, Terrell Thomas, um, if he has started, he hasn't started many. Um, so, I mean, do you think he'll he'll look for a four at the back, a more rigid formation than than, than what we've seen? at times this season where we've we flitted between three and four, which way do you think he'll, he'll go as someone who knows how to defend an 18 yard ball? Yeah, I've, I, I think, I think he exactly do that. I think he'll go to a four. I think it's what he knows. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he puts, um, if, if, if he starts, I don't know, like Jones at right back, Hector Ness. And even if he wanted to be really solid, put Thomas out there and literally a four centre R's. Not that he's trying to do a pepper or anything. But just to be, just to be solid, and then build, just have a foundation to build on, and let your attacking players go and play. But who knows? He might go to a four four two. We'll never know. I don't know if we've got to play Campbell and um, well Chem and Alfie up top. I don't know. But i will be amazed if he'll do anything anything drastic. I just think it'll be just tighten up defensive, like you say, because he knows how to do it. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he might bring in. Uh, he might even take out Karoy and Nathan just to take them out of the firing line a little bit, even though they've done brilliantly, um, just to get a little bit more experience, sort of 11, depending on who's fit. So, yeah, I, I can see a back four, mate, and I reckon he'll start from the back, get it structured, get it solid, defend first, and then try and be progressive that way. Not saying we're going to sit behind the ball, but I just I, I don't think he's going to do anything drastic and go like a 4 4 or anything, put it that way. Mm, yeah, and uh, well, it, it'll be very interesting again because because the Wigan game's off. I think I think we've got Crawley next week in the Johnston's Paint, whatever it's called. So uh, he might get a second bite of the cherry, but certainly, probably, almost certainly, his only league game that he'll be in charge with. Well, 
Well, if you believe all the reports about the amount of managers turning us down, he'd probably probably get the whole season at this rate. But um, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see exactly how he tries to make his mark in his time. You know, let, let's hope he goes on to have a really successful coaching career with us. And then maybe in a few years' time, he could be someone in the hot seat. Because I do like a, a Charlton legend in, in the uh, managerial uh, dugout. But yeah, not, not not yet. But yeah, really, really, we're all be, uh, behind him for, for Saturday, I'm sure. Uh, and then we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, we haven't really touched on Fleetwood, but one of the rarest of beasts. They're worse than us at the moment. Um, they're uh, below us in the table. Uh, they've yet to win this season. They've uh, lost every game since the opening day in all comps, uh, just like us. Uh, apart from they only drew on opening day. Uh, at Carlisle, so uh, not been a great start to the season for them. Be interesting to see if Stockley's about. He's been in and out so far this season, so um, yeah, we'll, we'll see if he's there to give our defence some sort of troubles, although to be fair, even if he's not there, they find trouble to make for themselves, don't they? So we'll see. Right, we've run out of time uh, on Charlton Live, the big match preview. Massive thanks to everyone who's joined us live uh, in the YouTube chat. We've got loads of comments uh, once more. Thanks to everyone who's listened on Catch Up as well, uh, either on YouTube or via the podcast. Make sure you join us on Sunday at morning when we'll have obviously a transfer window to look on the yeah sunday morning we'll have a transfer window to look back at uh, maybe a manager we don't know at this uh at this uh state of play uh and uh obviously the fleetwood game as well thanks to sam white from uh the supporters trust who joined us earlier massive thank you as always to nathan and tom always a pleasure cheers lads. cheers you beautiful men see you saturday yeah, and this has been Cholton Live, uh, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendez. Thank you for listening. We shall see you again on Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.